Welcome back to Looking Above. My name is Brooklyn and this is Karen. We are so happy to be back with you this week. Um, We are discussing prayer this season, which has been fun. And we're really excited to dive into it today. We're talking about covenant prayer, covenant prayer, which can kind of sound intimidating Mm -hmm. that word covenant, Mm -hmm. but we're excited to show you that it's not, (laughs) and it's good. Um, But first we are going to pray. So we invite you to pray with us. Heavenly father, we just Thank you for this time that we have together. Lord, we thank you for the wisdom that you share with us and just that we have this gift of prayer and all the gifts that you give us through prayer. Lord, I pray for both Karen and I and everyone listening that um, we just learn more about you through all of this and your heart um, and your heart for prayer. And we're just thankful that we get to commune with you through prayer. Um, We love you. And we are so grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Hey, where do we want to start today? Okay, so let's just kind of define covenant yeah. prayer, I guess. Um, so a covenant is kind of like a contract or a mm-hmm. commitment mm-hmm. that we make. Um, and for the ladies who were at the room last night uh, when this actually gets posted we're going to talk a lot more and go deeper into what covenant is we're not going to spend a lot of time digging into that here on this podcast but we see covenants all throughout the bible and they are commitments made between two parties and in biblical covenants it's often between god and his people right so when we talk about covenant prayer we're talking about a commitment that we are making to meet god in prayer to be disciplined and make prayer a habit, make it something that we are regularly encountering God in times of prayer. Mm -hmm. So I really liked um, in this chapter in Foster's book, he says, at the altar of covenant prayer, we vow unswerving allegiance. We make high resolves. We promise holy obedience. So we're, looking at God has called his people to pray. And we see that call all throughout scripture. You know, when my people will, if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, like we see this call all throughout. And when Jesus talks in the Sermon on the Mount, Sermon on the Mount about prayer, he says, when you pray. So not like if you pray, when you pray, like this is something that is expected of us that we will pray. So this is just saying, I'm going to commit myself to this. I'm going to take this seriously. God has called me to be a person of prayer as his people. I am to pray. So I'm going to take this seriously and I'm going to set aside time to pray. So uh, like I said before, the word covenant Mm -hmm. or even commitment is scary sounding in our society, right? So a lot of people. Commitment averse. Yeah. Because it sounds like you're like, oh, this is just, I'm putting myself in this box. I'm in it for life. Yeah. Which is true. And yeah. but and it's not a bad thing, but it definitely has a bad rap, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, just look at the trend in our society towards um, living together rather than getting married. Yeah. You know, there there's just a aversion to commitment. Yeah. 
I hadn't thought of that. Because even like marriage has a bad rap because mm-hmm. you're committing to somebody mm-hmm. well, for your we'll life. Probably get divorced. So why would I even? Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it's just it's something that is is hard for us as a people to make that commitment. And there's a lot of reason because there is a lot of fear involved. Mm-hmm. And he addressed this, you know, yeah. he talked about some of the fear. Um, what what are some reasons? Why are people fearful of commitment? Well, one that I can personally attest to is fear of failure. Absolutely. I have a terrible time starting Absolutely. things if I think I won't do them mm-hmm. perfectly or if mm-hmm. I'll mess up. Yep. So that is a sign of perfectionism, right? <laughs> I I studied that a long time, years ago. Perfectionists will not even try if they don't think they can do something perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's why my house is a mess. Why try? I'm not going to keep my house perfectly clean. Therefore, I just won't clean. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's it's very hard for those of us who tend towards perfectionism, who have that tendency mm-hmm. to make a commitment because we fear that we won't fulfill it. And then, you know, for someone who like you deals with shame, that is a very shameful feeling mm-hmm. when I do make a commitment and I don't yes. follow it. Yes, which is, I talked about that last week, but I make a commitment to meet God every morning and my life's a little different right now. When I first started like sleeping through my alarm because I was up five times in the night, uh, I did, I felt so much shame. But that's definitely a human response. Um, and so that would make sense that I'm just not going to commit to waking up anymore. Right. right. And that's so, not the right way to go about try, it. I'll try to pray. Yeah. I'll do it when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but to say to God, to make a covenant, to make a commitment with him, like I am going to wake up every morning and spend some time with you before mm-hmm. I start my day. It's just a hard, a hard um, stumbling block. I don't know. So, you know, it's yeah. like, it's a, stone in the road that we have to get around somehow. And we'll talk about it later, but maybe that's not the best time for me to pray right now. And so I changed it, but we will talk about that later. Yep. Um, And what's another fear? So another fear, and this is one I think that someone who has my personality deals with more is just the fear that when we make a commitment, when we make something obligatory or routine routine is my like trigger word right it's my safe space (laughs) (laughs) um then it feels like it takes away spontaneity and takes away joy I don't like being put in a box and that's Mm -hmm. my personality just like rails against boxes like I want to do it when I want to do it and I want to do it how I want to do it Mm -hmm. and um so this becomes an excuse for someone like me who's going to say, goodness, if I have to set an alarm and pray at the same time every day, well, then it's just not going to be any fun anymore. (laughs) Mm. Do you, I know you don't now, but did you Mm -hmm. ever feel like, oh, this isn't authentic if I pray Mm -hmm. like when I'm supposed to, like it's more authentic if I just feel like it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever dealt with that. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I think some, I, I, to me, I feel more that way. And actually the class I just took, we we actually had a discussion about um, like written prayers versus mm-hmm. extemporaneous, like in the moment prayers. So like someone who likes to write their prayer down before they pray it at church versus someone mm-hmm. who in the moment prays as the spirit leads, mm-hmm. you know, and we talked about this and it was quite an interesting conversation because there were many on the side of planning prayers um and i'm like no i just want to 
pray in the moment as the spirit leads me. And they're saying, yeah, but the spirit can lead me in my planning. prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And it's the same thing. People will have that same argument about writing sermons and how much you plan a sermon and how far mm-hmm. in advance you plan a sermon. You know, like, well, how are you going to know three months from now what your people need to hear if you're mm-hmm. writing your sermon today? But is not the Holy Spirit available now and does not God exist outside of time and space where he can influence and guide us now. So yes, I think um, some of us from a human standpoint feel like, well, this takes the joy, takes the spontaneity, takes the authenticity away when I set aside the time or when I read a written prayer or, you know, Mm -hmm. but the truth is that God moves in all of these things and in all of these spaces and that actually setting, setting some parameters for ourselves is very healthy. Um, Just easy, but look at a sports team, right? Like they don't go and play the Super Bowl without practicing. Right. Yeah. They, even though they are high level athletes. So even though you may be a high level Christian, you know, and that's where my pride probably felt like I don't need this like box time, Mm -hmm. set aside, whatever covenant time. Um, But they are very routine and very scheduled in what they eat, when they eat, how they practice, what, you know, exercises they do, like their whole, everything is structure so that their bodies are working optimally. And it's the same thing I think here with prayer. And this is why we do this covenant is that part of it is just faithful obedience to God, right? Like I'm going to make sure I set aside this time Mm -hmm. so that I am faithful to you. Because if not, we know the things of the world are going to pull us away and it's not going to happen. Yeah. So part of it is that, but part of it is also like the depth of prayer as we prepare, you know, the closer you get to a marathon in your training, the better of a runner you are. Closer they get to the Super Bowl, the more prepared they are. Same thing with prayer. The more time that we spend routinely in prayer, the deeper our prayer life is going to be. Definitely. I've noticed that with God, Um, And with my friendships and with my husband, but the more I set aside time to just really Mm -hmm. go deep with them, Mm -hmm. the deeper you get every single time. So every time we set aside time to pray, the prayers do become Mm -hmm. joyful and authentic and all of the things that you're scared that you'll lose, even if you start reading a prayer. And when, I mean, just using that as an example, right? Like when a friend goes away for a while or your lives get busy and you're not connecting, like when you get back together, you still have the friendship. So it's not like if you aren't routinely praying, like the friendship with God disappears, but it takes time to get back to, like you have to catch up with your friend, Mm -hmm. you you know, and things sometimes might feel awkward for a little while. Like, why did we not hang out? You know, and like, it's just that, like you have to kind of build back up to where you were. And so the consistency of getting together with that friend regularly or talking to your spouse regularly. You know, there are people who have weekly meetings with their spouse or whatever it is. (laughs) Um, You know, it just, it builds, it builds relationship. Yeah. And And you get to skip the small talk. (laughs) And when you do talk, it's so much deeper. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So were there any other fears that he talked about? I'm trying to remember. Um, Part of it was just that, um, 
we fear the restraint, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what you were asking me about, but uh, we had a sermon series recently and Pastor Mike talked about this where he had a goldfish in the aquarium. Yeah, right. People just, they're scared of boundaries and think boundaries confine them Mm -hmm. and limit them. Mm -hmm. And the big thing, especially in America, and I'm not against it at all, but is freedom, right? Mm -hmm. And we think we have more freedom if we have less boundaries and limits. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mike, do you want, Mike went on and he had a goldfish in the aquarium and then he took it out of the aquarium. Mm -hmm. And obviously the walls of the aquarium are boundaries, limits. The fish Mm -hmm. cannot swim outside of them. But when he is outside of them, he does not thrive. (laughs) He doesn't do well. It's good that he stays within the limits of the aquarium or lake or wherever the fish would be. Mm -hmm. But just like that, we need limits and they keep us safe and Mm -hmm. healthier. Right. And we end up having more freedom. We have more freedom. And we think back to, you know, the athlete who has prepared within all of those boundaries, they have a greater liberty to play well. You know, like there, there is freedom in that preparation. There's freedom in those limitations that then you can do your thing. Well, yeah. Without thinking so you know it becomes mm-hmm. muscle memory or whatever or if you have the freedom to eat whatever you want we all have that mm-hmm. option we have the freedom to eat junk food 24 7 mm-hmm. but are we going to feel better that way or are we actually more free if we if we do set limitations for ourselves and discipline mm-hmm. we can do more with right. whoever because we end up having the freedom of good health <laughs> yes exactly so right. limitations that's our point is limitations are not mm-hmm. combining mm-hmm. they actually bring us more freedom yeah Yeah. So as we look at all of these fears that we may have coming into commitment or covenant prayer, the um, one thing that we need to remember in all of this is that God is a God of mercy and of grace. And there are times, you know, again, going back to the fear of of failure. And Mm -hmm. so I don't want to even start. We have to remember that God knows our heart. Mm-hmm. God knows our hearts. He knows our intent. And if he is drawing us to this and, you know, and we desire to make this commitment, first of all, when we make this type of commitment, he is going to give us so much grace to fulfill those commitments. Like he meets us and he helps us with that. But also when we miss a day, <laughs> when life gets in the way, he is so gracious. And he, you know, it's not like he's like, well, Brooklyn, I was waiting for you this morning and you didn't show up again. So now I'm not showing up. <laughs> like he doesn't do that. Like he's not like, <laughs> like a parent would be like, okay, why are you late again, son? You know, that's not it. He, you know, he's just so forgiving and so gracious. And not that we ever want to take advantage of his grace, but we do need to live fully aware of it and in light of it. Mm-hmm. That, okay. I didn't do it today, but tomorrow is a new day. His mercies are new every morning. Mm-hmm. Right. So, or later today, I will meet with you, God, when I have a minute yes. or yes. tonight when I'm feeding my son. There's just so many opportunities to mm-hmm. meet with him later. And he's not going to, like you said, be 
I was waiting for you this morning. So now we're done. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're waiting for your professor, was there, there's that college rule, like 10 minutes. And if your professor's beyond 10 minutes. Then you leave. Yeah. (laughs) So like God waited for me for 10 minutes. And then he was like, "Mm, sorry, Karen, you're too late. You can try again a different time. Tomorrow. (laughs) Doesn't work that way. No. So. So there's different covenants Mm -hmm. that we wanted to talk about um, that Richard Foster talks about in his book. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one is covenant of time, which Mm -hmm. we've kind of touched on. Mm -hmm. But um, what is the covenant of time? So this just has to do with consistency, Mm -hmm. setting aside time when we are going to consistently meet God. And I really liked how he talked about this because he was so gracious. I think Mm -hmm. Foster was so gracious in how he described this because it's going to be different for each of us. Mm -hmm. But he also used, you know, the scriptural example. So the Hebrew people had set times for prayer and there's still cultures that do this, you know, today that stop what they're doing and pray at certain times a day. But, you know, the Hebrew culture, they met in the morning and in the afternoon and at night. And so we see examples all through scripture of people stopping for prayer at these different times. Like think about the story of Daniel and how even when they were told not to pray, like at those specific appointed times, what did Daniel do? Like he went into his room and he prayed. Um, We see the disciples going to the temple for prayer. Like very, there's a very faithful aspect to setting aside time or times through your day when you're going to just turn your attention back to God. And I think that's a big piece of it is the humility factor. So when we set these times aside, it just reminds us that we are God's, that he's in charge of everything and that everything does not ride on our shoulders. You know, Mm -hmm. there is a humility in that. Yeah. And like you said, turning back to God, Mm -hmm. because we can get so caught up in all of the things that happen throughout our day that Mm -hmm. it's easy to forget doing it on our own Mm -hmm. right so we start running in our own strength and so having time set aside kind of is like oh wait (laughs) right so it's god's a part of my day too (laughs) right and and it kind of can go back to all of those fears of Mm -hmm. oh but it's not authentic Mm -hmm. no it is it really is if it's just intentional yeah So for each of us, we need to do what's going to work for us. Mm -hmm. And this may look different depending on um, our season of life, depending on our obligations. Um, I, when this really became part of my life, I was in college and I felt so compelled, like to make this covenant when I was in college that I, what I basically said to God was, I will not go to bed without spending time with you. So even if my day was absolutely crazy, I was going to stay up until I had fulfilled that covenant to God. And so that was how it looked for me. Like it wasn't necessarily, and as a college student, like at night was the easiest, least least disruptive time for me to spend that time with God. But Like it did not matter if I was done all of my work at 10 p.m. or at midnight, whatever. I was not going to get into my bed until I had sat down and read my Bible and prayed. So that was that was what my covenant looked like in that season. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you have, you know, had a long going covenant with God to meet with him every morning. And Mm -hmm. that's where I'm at. Now, um, morning has not been a good time for me <laughs> in the past. I don't wake up well and I'm very sleepy, but that is what I'm doing now. But we, you have to look at 
your season. Right. Um, so talk about seasons. Yeah. Well, like we were kind of talking about earlier, I've not been super great at getting up early, especially on the hard nights. And I also said that routine is my safe space. I like routine. So when I'm not doing it every morning and I'm not able to, and maybe it's that fear of perfectionism, but it really bothers me. Mm -hmm. So actually I move, I moved, um, the time that I meet with him and Richard talks a lot. We're on a first name basis. Richard talks a lot about he's very BFF. Yeah. My BFF Richard. Um, he talks a lot about grace and mm -hmm. he actually has like different sections. He has one for farmers and people that live in cities. And he has a section for moms, mm -hmm. um, especially moms with infants mm -hmm. and talks about kind of how every day is really different with an infant. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to have that routine, but every day they eat or mm -hmm. every day they sleep at some point, whether it's on you or in a crib um, and finding moments of prayer in those times. And that can still be mm -hmm. covenant right. to meet right. with him in yep. those times. Yep. So lately I've been doing it when I lay Porter down every single night, he's really good about his nighttime routine. Mm -hmm. So I rock him in his rocking chair and it's, I close the door and I'm away from the loudness of my other child <laughs> and my husband and it's dark in there. And I just, I meet with God as it's quiet and I, I find joy through that too yeah, in yeah. my child. Yeah. And so it, it's hard when you're a young mom, when you've got people vying for your attention, whatever. So yes, finding those places or those spaces or those times really is what it is. Um, I know there was a season in my life when I felt like the only time I could like concentrate on God was when I was standing over the sink washing dishes because nobody bothered me then for whatever reason. And so yeah. I would wash my dishes and talk to God as I wash my dishes. Um, still to this day, like showers are a main time when I'm in the shower, like I will crank up my worship music and I just can focus on God because again, it's like, I'm away from everybody else mm -hmm. and all of those other things and people talking to me. And so, so it, the covenant of time is, finding a time. And we would not suggest that you start with saying, I'm going to get up and spend two hours every morning praying. Yeah. Like that's not where you start. You don't start by running the marathon. You start slowly, you know, so maybe it's, the, it's committing to 10 minutes, right? It's the couch potato to 5k thing, right? Like yeah. you start little and you just do something like, okay, God, yes, I'm going to give you five minutes or 10 minutes. Like every day when I go to my lunch break, I'm going to eat my lunch and then I'm gonna spend 10 minutes praying. There's people when we asked, like, what's the biggest reason you don't pray? Mm -hmm. They said busyness, which I'm not shaming because I've been there. Mm -hmm. um, but Richard Foster says in his book that it, like you have to make time. None of us have time, right. extra time, but you can make time. Right. So that's really what it's about is just setting that time yeah. aside. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If we wait for the time to show up, it will not. And so that's why, you know, covenant prayer, we set aside the time. We say, this is when it's going to happen. It will happen. And even when you set aside the time, mm -hmm. it does seem like more stuff comes against you. Mm -hmm. Do you find that? Oh, for sure. You're like, oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's been happening yeah. to me. So the mornings I do wake up at five. Porter wakes up at like 630 or seven. Mm -hmm. He'll wake up at five those days. Like, mm -hmm. huh. Or there's just a million things. You're like, oh, I should do this really quick. Right. And you do feel a little bit attacked. Um, and of course, the enemy does not want you spending that right. time. Right. So, yeah. And he, you know, he 
talks about that, like trying to separate yourself from distractions. Yeah. So going into a room where you can close the door, setting your kids up with something that will keep them busy for mm-hmm. a while or doing it when they're out of the house, um, putting your phone away. That is the biggest distraction. Yeah. Like I get texts 24 seven and someone will always need me when I'm trying to spend time with God. And so needing to Remove the distraction. Remove that distraction or um, just, you know, put it somewhere else. Don't answer. He talks about don't answer your door if someone knocks at your door during this time that you've set apart for God. So it's it's not just making the boundary, but then holding. That's what I was going to say. I think it's also about realizing that it is a covenant. And that's where like the word covenant comes in. I committed to doing this. And so making the decision. Yeah because there will be things that come against you. But the benefit, that's what we have to remember. The benefit mm-hmm. always, whatever we feel like we're giving up in that moment. Right. Um, yeah, but yes, finding, finding a time, making that time, and then guarding that time. Yeah. That's, you know, the, the covenant of time is setting apart and then just fiercely guarding it. And I think it's, I was thinking about this this morning, like, oh, it's it's hard to find the time. And I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I, though, go on dates every week mm-hmm. and I make time for him or I make time for my friends. But if I'm not making time for God, that says something. Mm-hmm. But even with even with like Stephen, who's physically right in front of me, even with our weekly dates, I will find all the excuses not to go. Um, and it does seem like things come against me even then it feels hard because I have to figure out childcare. I have Mm -hmm. to stop what I'm doing um, because I I, my house needs tended to it doesn't feel productive Mm -hmm. it is but it doesn't feel like Mm -hmm. it and so but when I make the time to go and reconnect with Steven um, and we do we try to do it weekly it really shows me like how disconnected we were before maybe not disconnected isn't the right word but just that we were not as connected right and then when I feel that connection with him and we talk and we go deep it makes me want it more it makes me want to be closer to him and I find the same thing with God like the more that I spend that time and just really connecting with Mm -hmm. him and going deep with him it makes me want more like connection breeds more wanting more connection do you want to get that psalm out that we were talking about earlier um because that really I think fits with this, that the more that we do that, and once we taste the Lord's presence, the more hungry we are mm-hmm. for it. And, you know, you were saying like, as I've been more disciplined. Yeah, I've seen it in you. Um, then my desire for God is just like amping up. Like, not that I didn't desire God before, I did. But it's like the the more you taste it, the more you're like, I just need more of it. Yeah, I because like the quiet time was hard for you. And the more that you've done it and the more that you've heard God and tasted God through that, that I've seen like mm-hmm. you just want to do it more. Mm-hmm. Like you spent a whole day doing it in bed one day, yeah. <laughs> which would have been a year ago. Would have so been hard for yeah. me to stay on my bed for a whole day mm-hmm. just praying. So it is really cool to watch. But the psalm is Psalm 42. And we're going to read one, two, and eight. Um, so it says, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God and the living God. Where can I go and stand before him? And then Psalm 8 is, But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I like that. I mean, here we see the psalmist, like he has made this covenant. It says each night, each, each yeah. night he's praying and praising. Like this is his commitment. And again, Hebrew culture. So he was probably doing it morning, afternoon and night. But we see over and over in these Psalms, like David will talk about morning and night and on my bed. And he has made this commitment. I'm going to seek God routinely in these places. It like, says he pours into him. Yes. It's like a defined boundary in his life mm-hmm. of when he's going to pray. But then the beginning, we see that like he longs, he hungers and thirsts mm-hmm. for it. And you were talking about thirst. Yeah. Earlier. It's like the deep, deepest feeling that a person can have. I read this and I mm-hmm. don't have, I don't know where, but that it, Thirst is like the most uh, pronounced intense longing. Yeah. Intense longing that a human can feel it like outweighs hunger, sleep, anything. Thirst is like the strongest, which luckily I've never gone without water long enough to do that. Mm-hmm. But it does. I have been. Have you woken up in the like yeah. night and like I need a drink? Yeah. You're like, I need water. That's how I want to feel for God. And actually, I, I pray pretty often that I'll just like thirst for God. I just want to feel that intense feeling for him. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what, what we see when we set aside this covenant of time, if we fulfill it, we will thirst and long for it Mm -hmm. more and more. Mm -hmm. Um, Another covenant that goes along with this is covenant of place. Mm -hmm. And so where the time gave us that like routine structure, right? This gives us stability. So it anchors us. Mm -hmm. And so covenant of place is just establishing a place where when you have this covenant time with God, you go to that same place every time. Um, And this is where again, like, oh, I don't like structure. I don't like the same. That feels boring. But actually it breeds familiarity and it breeds comfort. Mm-hmm. That's and what that's, I've noticed yeah, in my and that's place. What I've learned. Yeah. Um, what is your place? Yeah. So my place is on my bed. Me like, too. <laughs> I, I, maybe it's something about the comfort of the bed. Maybe it's something about like, I love in the Psalms where David talks about that over and over again, like on my bed, like that's where he met with God. And so there just seems something like, okay, Um, but it's quiet. It's comfortable. I have a reading light that's that I clipped on the bed and um, I go there even multiple times throughout the day and the evening, whatever, but I try and get up every morning and I have my go grab my coffee. Um, So, you know, that's comfort feeling to have that warm and that cup there. And then I get my Bible out and I spend my time in my, reading and in my prayer, but yeah, mine is, mine is on my bed and I'm trying to train Daniel to understand too. And Paul's trying to (laughs) remind him like, if mom is on her bed, she's spending time with God. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mine is my bed. Uh, Right now it's Porter's rocking chair in his room, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah. And and that's the thing too, that it can change with the season, just like the time. Yeah. Yeah, like it can be the shower. It mm-hmm. can be standing over the sink. Yeah, but I think what's important, what you're saying is finding that place mm-hmm. that you can mm-hmm. return to right. and feel right. comfortable. Right. So in scripture, um, we saw God's people would go to the tabernacle or go to the temple. Like there was a place that they went to meet with God. And of course, you know, they believe that God's presence was behind that curtain, behind that veil. And so it was really about getting closer to him and being near to him um, where they 
believed that he dwelled. Now we have the experience of, you know, the tabernacle is us. The Holy Spirit resides within us. And so wherever we are can be that place. But the covenant of place is just setting aside a place where you can meet with God. And it's easier to feel or to be more open and vulnerable when you are in a comfortable setting. Mm -hmm. Um, Like if you and I were walking through Marshall's could we have a deep conversation? Yeah, we could, but it would not feel... It would be very distracting. It would be... You would be very <laughs> distracted and it would be harder. You're just not as comfortable there. But if we were on your couch or at my couch and, you know, had our blankets or whatever, it's so I much easier yeah. to just be open and vulnerable and really share what's on our hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. another example Absolutely. of place. Absolutely. Um, he also talked about community being part of place and... Um, So if we believe that prayer is part of our life and that our whole life is a prayer, like everything we can do is a conversation with God and that we meet God when we meet with each other, Mm -hmm. right? When we meet with God's people, we are experiencing the heart of God and we are hearing from God through others. So that's a different way of considering prayer. But I really liked, you know, the covenant of place being that, one of the places that we covenant to me with God is in small groups. Mm-hmm. And so to have that covenant to, with, to uphold that, to say, I will be, when my small group meets, I will be there. When my life group is getting together, I'm going to covenant to that place, mm-hmm. to that group of people. And I'm going to show up because God is going to speak through me to them and through them to me. Um, it's something that we don't often think think about oh yeah um is that that this can also be a covenant that meeting in small group or with a friend weekly for accountability whatever that that is also a covenant yeah that's so true yeah and it's one that we take so lightly anything and everything comes between us and meeting with god's people literally every tuesday and I don't even think I'm exaggerating. Every Tuesday, there's like 10 reasons why I shouldn't go to group. Yep. And it's so annoying. And I choose to ignore them yeah. because I, I've never regretted coming. Right. Like once I'm there. Sunday mornings, like yeah. going to worship. Like everything will come against mm-hmm. that because the enemy does not like it when we have unity, when we have community. So to make a covenant with your group that... Unless I am in the hospital, <laughs> which is why you <laughs> which can happen. Me. Yes. Happen. You know, unless I am dying, mm-hmm. I am going to be here. I am going to find a way. I am going to uphold this commitment. Right. Yep. And even, yeah, there's just so many reasons that, but they, but really you can get around them all unless you're in the hospital, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's resolve. You know, I've been talking to Kalena about that. Like when Satan wants to come against something, he is going to keep throwing things at you. But we as God's people just have to live with resolve. Like I also think I will not be thwarted. Have you noticed though, like he'll, I feel like, I don't know if this is true or just me, but I feel like he gives up on certain things. I'll go to something else. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like on Sunday mornings anymore mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he really tries to come in there because right. we have made it a point that we will yes. go no matter what. Right. And so we right. come to Sunday, no matter what. So now I feel like he tries on Tuesday nights or with Steven's group or whatever. But once you show him like this is, you're not going to change my mind, do whatever, but I'm going. I feel like he goes away. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So the last covenant that he talked about in this chapter was the covenant of heart preparation. And some of this we've kind of touched on, but um, it's just about being ready and mm-hmm. coming expectant. So when we make that covenant and set that si- time aside for prayer, for meeting with God, we have to come like expecting that God's going to be there too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not just coming to fulfill my obligations, do my duty, like, okay, I'm going to just say these prayers out of routine and because I said I would. But we come like, okay, I am going to meet with God today and God is going to meet with me. And I'm expecting him to show up in this time. He's going to listen and he's going right. to hear me and he's going to share his heart with me. And and it's so cool, but it's so easy to make it a checklist. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think this one is just like where, where we add that joy back mm-hmm. into it is when we can come and say, even though, okay, God, I'm going to meet you in my box, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm going to come at the same time and in the same place, but it is like, it's like your weekly dates with Steven, right? Like you go expecting now to have that connection with him. You Mm -hmm. go expecting, you know, and think about, you know, like when someone is first dating and they're like, they have to get their hair right and their clothes right. And what shoes am I going to wear? And it's like, this anticipation and this preparation, right? Like they're getting ready to go on this date to see this person that they love and that they are in relationship with. And it's the same thing. Like we get ourselves ready Mm -hmm. to meet with God. So how do you do that? How do you get yourself ready? Because I know you don't do your hair before you meet with him in the mornings. (laughs) I don't, no. Um, So part of it is, you know, is getting your environment ready, right? So like I will get my blankets all straightened up and set up my pillows and get all of my, you know, my Bible and my things and turn on my light. And I go go and get my coffee and like, I get everything set up and ready so that I am like, okay, now I can just sit here and I'm ready to open my Bible and spend my time in the word and in prayer and all of this. So some of it is just like preparing the space. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Some of it is Prepare your heart. hearts, right? And um, one of the things I really like, we're just talking about environments. Um, I really like, there's certain music that I like that is less words and more instrumental, but is very, um, I don't know, I, I call it prophetic music, but just like, I listen to kind of the same things over and over, but it just kind of helps my heart be like, okay, now I'm anticipating God in this time, or this is the music that will connect me to him. So music is big for me. You talked about candles yeah. and I think if I had a fireplace, I would definitely mm-hmm. sit in front of my fireplace, mm-hmm. but I don't. So I I light a candle every time. Um and it does it. It just calms me and mm-hmm. and because it is routine, mm-hmm. my heart automatically, the more I've done it is like, yep, we're meeting with God now and it and it's just ready for him. Yeah. Um do I need candles? Do you need all those things? No, but it does help. Mhm. Your yeah, heart to you, yeah. It's you. Um, I think I need those blinders. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you did that, I thought of, I'm, yeah. like, the parameters. Like I need that to like Focus. speak to my brain. Yeah. This is quiet time now. And mm. one of the other things he mentions is disciplining the tongue, not rushing into God's presence, babbling. Yeah. And that one is one that I really felt convicted that I need to work on more is trying to be quiet in God's presence and just 
be with him some before it's the, and I need to tell you this and I need to tell you this and I need to ask for this and I need you to do this. And can you help me? Like before I start (laughs) dumping on God just to, I just going to sit here and be with you. And so that's one that I really want to work on as far as just the discipline of heart preparation of Mm -hmm. trying to get my heart ready to meet with him is trying to discipline myself to be more quiet. Yeah. Another way um, that he mentions, and I've read in other books too, and I do it sometimes, but it's not a discipline. And I actually want to make it one, but reading Psalms Mm -hmm. or other Mm -hmm. things that prepare your heart, written prayers Mm -hmm. um, that kind of open your heart up to receiving. Right. Right. Yeah. And so we're reading through the Psalms right now. And yes, it is a great place. And there are so many of them that I'll just like pick, you know, a phrase or two out of and be like, oh yeah, this is my prayer for this day. Mm-hmm. You know, you can kind of see how David or the Psalmist talk to God, but then it's like, okay, yeah, this really, this is where I'm at. And so this phrase right here, God, like, you know, and it is like a starting place or a par- place to, um, kind of like tether your spirit and then pray from there. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that. I want to start doing that more. That's my goal. Yeah. Yeah. So all of this, like when we bring all of this back around, you know, and kind of just to wrap it up now, um, covenant prayer is about making these commitments to God and we don't do it to um, be legalistic. Mm-hmm. We don't do it to make rules that we don't need. We do it because we need boundaries mm-hmm. and because we as humans are so apt to just focus on this, focus on that, chase after this, chase after that. Let all of the distractions take us away. It's the tyranny of the urgent, right? The next thing that comes into our space is constantly just going to pull our attention away. So when we talk about looking above, this is such a beautiful way. Covenant prayer is such a beautiful way to keep us looking above because it it is an anchor. It is a place. It is a time. It is something through our day that's going to bring us back to God over and over again. Turn our eyes back to him. Remind us of who he is, his place in our lives, who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and just give us that space where we can calm ourselves and meet with him. Yeah. So it really is a beautiful thing. And I'm saying that as one who has really gone kicking and screaming and <laughs> Trish, I I feel terrible to confess, but bringing things into the light is where we find freedom. And so, yes, like this has not been an easy journey for me, but I have done this now and I can see the fruit of it and I can see the blessing in it. And as you said, it has grown my desire and my longing for more and more of God and more and more time with him and more and more time in quiet and alone and it's crazy because if you had told me that six months ago, I would have said that sounds awful. Even six months ago, but even like I was thinking, I'm going to go back and listen to two years ago podcasts because you definitely say that it's super hard for you and you don't understand it, but now you do. And it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, here's grace, right? Yeah. Like we all have to understand that there are certain disciplines that some of us are going to be awesome at. Mm-hmm. And 
there are other disciplines that are my jam and probably yeah, not, not mine, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so show yourself grace in this start small, but God is so faithful and he will show up mm-hmm. when we are faithful as well. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. We encourage you find a time, set some time, um, make a covenant with God, try it out and see what happens. And until we talk to you again next time, we will remind you to keep looking above.